On today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we're going to be bringing in the guys from Panther Parkway on a roundtable edition of the podcast to discuss where the Florida Panthers are at midseason through 47 games and forecasting what the future could look like for this Florida Panthers team. So enjoy today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into this roundtable edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. In this special episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we have a few guys from Panther Parkway to have a conversation talking about the midway point of the season. As of this recording, it is still nine days away from the next Florida Panthers game. And we have a few things to talk about based on where we are at in the season and what what to forecast for when we talk about this Florida Panthers team as they start the second half again on February 16th against Carolina. So let me introduce the the round table. So let's so Nick Fairbanks, you, you were just recently on. How are you, man? Doing very well. Uh, I'm still tired from the last one, but uh, I'll muscle through this one. <laughs> we also have another uh, get, guest on the show who's been on the show, of course, before Jake Winans. Jake, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. A um, little bit of a break from hockey, so I'm going a little insane with that. But other than that, I'm hanging in there. And and we also have Joey Ganzi of the Hockey Writers. Uh, Joey, how are you, man? Doing fantastic, but looking forward to this night. I'm very excited. Let's rock and roll. Very happy to talk about in a positive light our team for once. <laughs> yes, and that's actually the first question I want to ask uh, you guys. Um, now that we're at the midway point of the season, now the Florida Panthers, as of this uh, point, have the most uh, points in the NHL heading into the All Star break, and now. Um, we have games that are going on right now as, as of this recording, Carolina and Toronto are facing off against each other. Carolina is winning one, nothing, uh, Carolina is up there in the points percentage, uh, department along with, uh, Colorado on the Florida Panthers. So, but let's talk about our assessment of the season to this point. And we'll, we'll start with, we'll start with Joey. What are your thoughts on where the Florida Panthers are at right now in the season? I think the standings speak for themselves. They're one of the best teams in the league right now. They're, you know, they're playing at, at, at a contender level. I think after Quenville was fired with the, the scandal with Kyle Beach and everything, I think what happened was all the players came together and said, look, we're not going to let this thing define who we are as a team. Let's get out there and do what we do best. They've also bought into Andrew Burnett's system. Everybody's playing for one another. They care for one another. They do have some problems to fix up on the defensive side of things, but – that's what the trade deadline's for, and every team's going to have problems and a little bit of goaltending issues here and there, but Bob's playing really well. Spencer Knight, he might need some time in the AHL, but I think he's finally starting to come around again. Um, once they fix those issues, I legit think this team can probably go all the way in the next – and if it's not this year, it's going to be in the next season or two. 
Jake? Yeah, I mean, he touched on a lot of the same points I have. Um, we, I think we all knew this, this Panthers team was a little bit different from the very beginning. I think we knew they'd be good. Um, I, I think we all knew they'd be really good. Um, but this, they have looked like the best team in the NHL for some time. Um, it's unprecedented what they've been doing on home ice. Um, the, the way they're defending home ice is, is something you don't see in the NHL. Um, it's, it, it's really unheard of. So, uh, as, as spectators, it's, it's great to assess them, but I think we also have to have a level of, uh, just kind of enjoy what we're seeing because it doesn't happen very often. Um, like Joey said, there's some things that can be worked on goaltending consistency could use some work. Um, defensively, I think the cost to the high scoring nature the Panthers play is a little bit of uh, defensive lapse here and there. Uh, we'll have to clean that up come playoff time. But um, I mean, by and large, this team has been has just been incredible. Uh, no matter what they face this year, injuries, we've been without Barkov for long stretches. They just it doesn't seem to matter. Everyone plays and, and everyone everyone contributes. The, the scoring is up across the board. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on some of the things they can improve going forward. But right now, I mean, it, you just got to enjoy the ride. This team is this team is incredible to watch. And Nick. Best season ever, maybe. Um, uh, I say that with respect to 96, obviously, but, you know, it has that feel to it. It feels like this team can do anything on any night. Um, Jake made a good point. Whereas, you know, everybody's contributing. Um, you can say that about the first line, second line, third line, and even on the defense. Um, I think the biggest contributor, um, to the success of the midway point has been the goaltending. Um, I think everybody, you know, they were on the fence about Bob, if he was going to live up to his contract and everything. And, you know, it's only been half a season, but he's been phenomenal. Um, I mean, I can only probably count on maybe two or three fingers where he's had a okay or bad game but you know this is something that you know we've been waiting a long time for and i think the fans and the ownership deserve uh you know what exactly we're witnessing right now so um but you know back to the point of everybody's contributing every single player that hits the ice is doing something little to impact the game or is making a play that basically opens up the scoring or makes sure that there's not a being a, being a goal scored so I mean, for example, you know, you have Jason, I mean, Mason Marchment, sorry, <laughs> uh, Mason Marchment, who came in off an injury and automatically put up, what, six points and everything like that. And he was the talk of the NHL, which pretty sure, you know, he, he deserved the, the, um, the accolades that he got this week. Yeah, and you actually segued into a, uh, to what we wanted to talk about on, on this uh on this round table, Mason Marchment, the NHL just announced that he is the third star of the week for, for the NHL on his uh, six point week. They said, funny enough, they said six points in two games in that stretch, but he didn't get a single point in that second matchup against New York Rangers at Madison square garden. So that's people who didn't watch Florida Columbus on Monday might not know about that performance but also that performance was just so talked about around the nhl as well hopefully that got to a good majority of hockey fans around i mean it doesn't help that florida is in the market that they're in so the attention is not as emphasized there so but we got to talk about continuing 
this conversation about the trade that happened. Um, Dale Talon's last <laughs> trade deadline before being let go, finding Mason Marchment. Dennis Mulgan only plays eight games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's going to actually be playing in the Olympics in Beijing. Uh, so rooting for uh, Dennis Mulgan. But let's talk about this beautiful find for the Florida Panthers having to go through the system in the ECHL for the Orlando Solar Bears when they used to be under the Toronto affiliate and then making his way up going through a front office uh, change as well. Let's uh, talk about a little bit of our thoughts on uh, Mason Marchman, like how phenomenal it's been to watch this big bodied forward. Uh, Let's start with Jake. Yeah, so Marchment has been a, a bit of a talking point. I get I get some hate in the in our chat every once in a while because of my early opinions on him. I didn't like him on the top line um, last year at times. But I, like you said, he's been spectacular. Um, it's funny, the Panthers, we've kind of gotten used to every once in a while we'll have some random uh, huge game from a, a fringe player. I know a couple of years ago we had Yuho Lamico once put up four or five points, all assists in a game in Ottawa and like, I don't think he scored another point for maybe 40 games after that. So um, we're, we're a little bit accustomed to someone coming out of the blue and putting up big numbers, but Marchment has been consistently doing it this season. He's averaging over a point per game right now, which no one saw coming. Um, Talon, like I said uh, on my Twitter recently, he was not good near the end of his tenure, but this trade was a fantastic find. Um, you mentioned uh, Marchment and, and his big bodied style. Um, you don't you don't find too many guys who can impact the game like he can just because of his size and his reach. Uh, he does all the little things, um, and so it's good to see him rewarded with points. But um, you, you talk about um, you talked about hopefully it's getting the attention, and we're in a small market. I know one fan base that that has paying that is paying very close attention to Mason Marchment, and that is the Toronto Maple Leafs because that is the biggest fan base in hockey and they are hurting right now watching his success uh, with the Panthers. They gave him away for, for next to nothing. And that's, that's no disrespect to Dennis Mulligan. I was a big fan of his um, great guy getting to, to know him a couple times and great personality, but, but this trade has, has paid dividends and um, in Marchment, his playing style um, it's reflective of the way he got to the NHL um, just grinding through the minor league, grinding through the ECHL, uh, an undrafted guy, probably had high expectations being the son of an NHLer, and and he got it the hard way. So it's really good to see him rewarded. Joey? Um, I don't mean to say I called it, but about a year ago, I wrote an article on Mason Marshman. I said he was a diamond in the rough for Florida. And like I said, don't mean to be that guy. I'm okay. so glad I'm right. Just the way this guy has <laughs> <laughs> the way this guy has come like you like uh Jacob mentioned, the way he's come out of the NHL is or into the NHL rather has been, you know, a tough road. You know, he's what is he now, 28? Uh, I, I want to so. say he's 20. Yeah, he's he's mid mid to late twenties. Yeah, he's mid to late twenties. Normally they're at that like sixth or seventh year for an NHL player. Mm-hmm. But to see him come out of just, you know, out of what felt like a nothing trade and just trying to just get something for draft picks and stuff to help develop the AHL and have him turn into arguably one of one of the best depth signings we've ever had is incredible. And 
I think he's going to continue that. He's also, like we like you said before, that big bite style. He'll be great come playoff time. He actually did very well in that playoff series last year against Tampa, and I don't see him slowing down at any point this season. He may have a few bad games here and there, but ultimately I think he's going to come in and be the player that they need him to be um, the second half. Mm. And he turns 27 on March 6th. So he is 26 currently going on 27. So and, and you know something that uh, sorry to cut you off there, Armando, but um, something that that Joey mentioned just kind of in his uh, in his long road to the NHL, people forget he's also a champion. He, he did win a Calder Cup with Toronto. And so he, he does have that playoff like championship DNA. And you can kind of see that in his playing style. So I don't want to slight him at all in, in talking about his his path to the NHL. He, he has won um, an AHL title in that time. Did not know that. Good point. Mm-hmm. And Nick. I don't really have too much to add. Um, you know, he, he makes the small little plays that you need to have in order to be successful. Um, you know, Armando, you and I have talked about Lundell so much and we've tried to blow that up, um, you know, Lundell for Calder, but um, Lundell wouldn't have his first goal if it wasn't for Marchman. Um, the little play that he made in the neutral zone, um, just a little chip, past the defender allowed um, Reinhardt and Lundell to go have a, you know, give and go. And he was able to score. Um, He's doing that every single game where he's doing something little that impacts the game. So um, very fortunate for him to be here. Um, He definitely provides something that Dennis Morgan didn't. And um, you guys know that I was a fan of him as well. I wrote the article, you know, Dennis the menace Morgan and everything. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, things just don't work out. And, uh, you know, this one was definitely a, a great trade, uh, last trade by Dale Town. Yeah, and, and hoping for definitely uh, more success out of him as he's going to be a UFA uh, this summer. So we'll see what they do about that. <laughs> we'll be right back to this discussion on the Panther Parkway Roundtable discussing the season that is for the Florida Panthers. But first, we want to talk to you all about Primal Origin Oils. You got beard? Get Primal. You heard me right. Got beard? It needs to get Primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get Primal. Maybe you're that guy who never has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free and har- from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils make balm oils and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beer products available. All products are fair trade and certified and handcrafted here in the USA. The combo kit makes for a good gift and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. We all know every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beer to the other products you've used. We promise you, you will see and feel the difference. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at Primal Origin Oils com. Use Locked On to get 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. One other addition that's going to be on this roster that has been kind of, I guess you could say, a bit anticipated is the return of Nolachari. And Jacob and I were at the game uh, in Orlando at the Amway Center when um, it looked like it looked like that uh, Nolachari broke his collarbone in that fight with uh the tampa bay lightning that preseason game that was 96 penalty minute infractions um and yeah nolachari played two games down in charlotte and tj shalot the play-by-play 
broadcaster of the Charlotte Checkers actually joined Doug Plagans on the Panthers Insider Show the other day and talked about Nolachari's energy and what he's brought. And it's it he talked about how he it looked like he didn't he just played yesterday. That's the basic basically what uh, TJ Shalot uh, talked about in that conversation with Doug. And I'm excited for Nolachari to be back. Here's the thing. It's continuing the good problems that Florida has with the forward debt. And the fact that Achari can play multiple spots on, on the forward line. He could play center. He could play wing. It's really exciting bringing him back. So the question I want to ask you guys is who comes out? So let's start with, uh, let's start with Joey on this one. Even though he's still young and he has the talent, I think uh, Lusterinen gets um, pulled out of the lineup. It's because they're going to want someone who's a bit more tough edge. They're going to want someone who has playoff experience. They're going to want someone who's, you know, willing to get in those dirty areas. As good and as talented as Lusterinen is, I love his speed. I love his skill. I don't think he's his style is necessarily meant for postseason play. So I think they're going to go towards more of a grittier, edgier type um, feel for their bottom for their bottom six. And I think because of that, Lucer Ryan comes out of the lineup. That doesn't mean he's a bad forward. I think they're going to send him the HLM develop even more as to get, have him be even better than he already is. Nick. So um, Joey, I think hit it on the head with Lucer Ryan. And the other one that I would think that's kind of bounced in and out of the lineup, Owen Tippett. Um, I don't think that he's really done enough to solidify a spot. Um, he's been, you know, he scored the last couple of games, thankfully. But I think when it comes to playoff time, um, you can't really afford to give a roster spot to somebody who's going to be streaky like that unless he gets hot at the right time. Um, you're going to need somebody who can play all situations, especially on the PK or when you need a big faceoff. You need all your tools there uh, in order to uh, win a playoff game. So I'm going to go with Owen Tippett um, being either sent back to uh, the AHL or he's going to be um, a part of the taxi squad. And Jake. Um, I think either one of those could be correct. Um, it, it obviously depends so much on health because right now we've had guys bouncing in and out of the lineup. Hornquist has been out, so that's opened up a spot for um, Vetrano and Joe Thornton. Um, I think Joe Thornton will be hurt by Achari coming back, uh, his playing time at least. I think Vitrano is going to lose some minutes. Um, as far as a direct impact, I think Luce Dreinen is probably the guy who comes out, but I don't think he stays out every day. I think he's still going to be a, a regular in-and-out kind of player. Um, Nick, you talk about Owen Tippett as if he's still going to be here past the trade deadline. I don't think anyone is certain of that. Um uh, that's so it's a really interesting point. You bring up Tippett as, as a taxi squad or AHL assignment because he might be traded altogether. And I think we'll probably touch on that later when we get to the deadline. Um, but yeah, I mean, Achari is a guy that you find a spot for um, regardless of who that is. It could be Mammon, could be Tippett, could be Jumbo Joe, Lusterinen. We have so many forwards that, that are, are rotating in and out. Uh, it's a good problem to have, but Achari is a guy you find a spot for come playoffs time because Armando, when we were at that uh, preseason game, uh, he was blocking shots like he had no stick, blocking shots on a five-on-three with his with the palms of his hands in a preseason game. Yeah. It's, that's <laughs> you, you want that in your lineup come playoff time. And uh, I think everyone remembers that Achari-Lomberg-Marchment line, the, the havoc they caused in the playoffs. Um, 
Achari is a guy that he's going to be in the lineup. Uh, his penalty killing, his face-offs, it's something we've struggled with. So he'll be in. Um, it's just a question of who comes out. And for now, I'm going to say Lusterainen. Uh, Jake, um, I'm glad you actually brought that up, that Tippett might not be here. That's actually probably the number one reason why I actually chose him. But, right. <laughs> so, Armando, back to you. Hey, and if it, if it weren't for an offside call the other day, Tippett would have definitely had another goal, and it's a, it's a bummer to see. But, hey, yeah, um, scouts might be looking at that regardless and seeing that there might be something there for Owen Tippett's possibly new new team. And it could be a mix of Lusterinen because Lusterinen could also play the wing as well. So maybe right. does does uh does Andrew Burnett go Lomberg here and there as well, mixing and matching there, even though we love Lomberg's energy of what he brings uh to the table as well. So it could be either one of those things because as of right now, I'm not touching that third line of of Anton Lindell, exactly. uh Sam Reinhardt and um, I'm blanking on the other one. Um, Marchman. 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 Yeah. So th- those uh, those three. I'm not I'm not touching that third line as of right now. So it, it's got to be uh, definitely someone on the fourth line, and that's that's something that that for for the Florida Panthers the that's a role that we've seen Achari in, and it's crazy. He sometimes he either goes a a while without scoring any goals or he gets a hat trick so you you never know what what you're yeah. going to get out of him when he's in the lineup as well and of course the defensive uh aspect of his game he's probably going to be on the on on the penalty kill maybe huberto will be paired with him and takes lomberg's uh spot in the penalty kill as well too because lomberg plays some pen- penalty kill minutes too we're going to take a quick break from this roundtable discussion on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we want to tell you about one of our sponsors, and that sponsor is Bet Online. And Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Bet Online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops. NHL, boxing, UFC, along with the live, real-time updates and current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Let's transition over to something that has been a lot part of the lineup the last few days before the All-Star break, and it's the fact that Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov has have been paired on the top line together right before the all-star break. And this is something that personally, I believe that you can do in spurts. Andrew Burnett did talk to the media quite a few times talking about how the team is better. When, the team is better, of course, when they're separate. And of course, we see that 911 line of, of, of Sam Bennett and Jonathan Huberto. And then you add Anthony Duclair, even though Anthony Duclair also can shift up to the top line as well. Anthony Duclair can play on both those lines and just succeed very well. But I just wonder how, how, how many times is, how many times is Andrew Burnett going to have to go to, to this and how, how many, how I wonder how many times he's going to make the, make a kind of impulsive move when putting these two and how long can it be sustainable um, for, for this team? And, I want. I want to ask you guys. What do you guys think of of that? And I'll start with. Uh, I'll start with Nick on this one. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but when Burnett became the coach, I think his first game 
was against Detroit, if I'm not correct. Wrong. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, he went right, right off and to um, uh, Uberto right away. Um, and, you know, you could just see that he leaned on them heavily. Like those are the only two players or the only two forwards that he completely trusted. Um, I think right now he's kind of handicapping himself and he needs to keep them separate, but I would not be surprised if you see them continue to work together on, uh, in overtime. So, um, I hope he splits them up again. I hope he does it the first game back, but it might take him a game or two to kind of separate them again, to kind of get them back in the groove of things. Uh, Joey. Nick pretty much touched on all the points I talked about. I think he's brunette still doing it cause he's scared. And obviously you should only do it in spurts. Like we discussed because, and you only should really use it if you need like to get the, to get the lines going like, Hey, come on guys, let's, let, let's get a goal or something quickly. But um, over the course of a long period, it's just not going to work. I think we're probably going to start seeing them rotate back to their original spots. Like they were, I want to say probably like the first or second game back, but if they fall into like a hole or they're down by a couple goals and they're just not generating any shots, he'll probably go back to it for the time being. And, and he'll probably stick with it. I want to say for a few games like he has before, just because he, I think he's in that same mindset of if it works, let's not, let's not ruin it. Kind of like how Q was back then when he was constantly changing lines, um, depending on what worked and what didn't. I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake. Yeah, they, they kind of touched on it. I think it's kind of the, I think it's like his, his ace in the hole. If we, if we're down, if, the offense just isn't humming. I think that's just something he can go to as a, just like a, a fail safe tool. Like, you know, Barkov and Huberdeau are going to generate something so you can turn to it in a pinch. Be, beyond that, uh, I don't see it as sustainable. Um, I think if you really look at the lineup, I think the wild card that, that kind of made it so he he's had to use it here and there is um, the regression of Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett was supposed to anchor one of those uh, top six wing spots, and he just hasn't done it. Because um, if you think back to opening night, we had we had Huberto, Bennett, and Tippett as a line, and Duclair and Verhage were Barkow's wingers. Tippett hasn't done enough to to anchor that that top six role, so Duclair has slid down, and, and it's that top line right wing that that seems to fluctuate with Barkow. So, um, I, Mammon has filled it at times. Um, We've seen Vitrano, we've seen Tippett, we've seen Duclair, we've seen Verhage all on Barkov's wing. Barkov's the type of player, it doesn't matter who you put on his wing, they're, they're going to produce. Um, but I think if we if we go towards the playoffs, I think they get split up um, again and, and we just find the perfect match for Barkov on that top line because my, in my opinion, the middle six is you don't move that. Um, I think you leave the middle six how it is. I like Reinhardt there. I don't want Reinhardt back on the top line because it thins out the bottom six too much. So, um, yeah, it's it's more about finding that that perfect match for Barkov on the right wing. And I do believe that whoever that is is already on the roster. I don't think it's anything we need to go looking for. I got one. Maxim Mammon. Yeah. And right now he's he, hurt. He's, it's worked. Yeah, it has worked for, for – um, a, a, good stretch of the season. He, he plays that F1 role very well where he gets in, he's the first four checker and he, he goes looking for the loose puck. He does that very well. Uh, Tom Wilson type of style. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe Booner played Michael Haley over that guy. 
Yeah, that I don't like thinking about it. <laughs> hey, I, hey, guys, I, I heard Pavel Bure was looking for a job and coming out of retirement, so uh, we can slot him at the first line right wing if we want to. Yes, I'm I'm on board for that. Talk about a throwback. <laughs> but <laughs> one out of the blue kind of news that happened uh, today was a signing of an undrafted uh, goalie from the OHL. Um, his name is Max Guzda. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. But um, the Florida Panthers didn't announce that he signed a three-year ELC. Um, and he's a he's a back-to-back goalie of the month um, for the OHL for the Barry uh, Colts. Um, and he's having a fantastic season. A, I, I, I pulled up his numbers earlier. Um, he, he's averaging like 2.13 uh, goal, goals against average and a, and just 1.96, um, excuse me, goals against average of 2.13. And I'm, I'm pulling this as I'm talking. <laughs> okay, 2.17 goals against average right now and a and a 925 save percentage for the Barry Colts. Let's talk about how Bill Zito has implemented this goalie excellence department led by Roberto Luongo and uh, Rob Tallis and how much, how beautiful it is that this is paying off and how, and, and how wonderful it is. We'll talk, we'll, we'll ask uh, Nick first on this. So I don't know too much about the, the, the kid that we just signed and everything, but I, I will say that, you know, there is a commitment to solidifying the goaltending, uh, whether it's uh, this year, uh, next year, a couple of years from now when Bob's contract is up, but obviously they see something that um, is a gold mine and goaltenders are hard to find. I mean, look at teams like Anaheim. It seems like they always have a star goaltender in the wings waiting. I mean, Frandy Anderson gave way to uh, John Gibson and now John Gibson, you know, depending on if he's going to stay, you know, in the next season or two, they already have a goalie that's ready uh, in the wing. So um, I think it's a good thing. Plus it, you know, it, it kind of makes me think that there might be something else going on. Um, I know that there's trade rumors going on about Chikrin and stuff like that. And, you know, Knight is in there. I'm not saying that Knight is going to be going to Arizona at all, but, you know, you kind of have to wonder, you know, where is the team going to be going with their goaltending in the next couple of years, considering Bob is going to be uh, gone. And what if Knight doesn't pan out? Cause he was very shaky most of the season. Jake. Yeah. So, um, we obviously in, in South Florida don't get a, get to watch a ton of OHL hockey. So um, it, it's tough to really scout him uh, from our perspective. But I do know a, a good indicator on, on how good a prospect is, is who else wanted him. The reports are the entire league wanted this guy. Um, it, Toronto thought they were the front runner and was really high on him. And, and we're kind of reeling today when the news came out that he was signing with Florida instead. So um if the entire league wants him, the guy has a 925 safe percentage in the OHL, which is a very high scoring league. Um, those are all good signs. Um, I think the Panthers took it seriously, uh, addressing goaltending depth in the, in the wings, um, in the prospect ranks after trading Devin Levi, they wanted to replace him with, with equally good talent. 
I think we've got a goalie now in, in Gusta who's who's going to hopefully pan out and, and be that guy. But uh, we also have another goalie, um, Jurasimyuk, over in uh, in Russia, who they're very high on from this past draft. So the, the goaltending is definitely something they're developing. Um, and, and it's good to see because goalies are, are never a sure thing. So you want to have as many options as you can. And um, the, the future looks pretty good behind Bob. And obviously Spencer Knight is hopefully that guy. But if not, it's, it's good to have options behind him. And, and you need two, two to three goalies playing well to win in this league. So having as many as you can, you can't go wrong. And Joey. Like Nick and Jake said, they do have Bob and Spencer backing them up. But I think they're bringing this guy in to give Knight some competition because there have been some nights where he, where Knight has came in and he's just, no pun intended, not had his night. Like, <laughs> um, so I think just, and it, like Jake said, it does definitely help with our depth situation. You know, it's ne- it never hurts to have more goaltending depth. And also with that excellence department, it just, that, that's a match made in heaven for this kid. Concerned the fact he also said he looked up to Luongo when he was a kid. So um, I think, like I said before, it's just to bring Spencer Knight more competition and to kind of light a fire under him. And hopefully that'll get him back to the way he was. And we don't have to worry about Spencer potentially not being the guy. I think he still is, but this is more of just like another test for him. That's going to do it for part one of this two-part conversation with myself and the guys from Panther Parkway talking about the mid-season point of the Florida Panthers, what has happened then, and what we're forecasting to the future, to the trade deadline, and the Florida Panthers heading into the postseason. So this is a great time while the Florida Panthers don't are not playing any hockey to get different perspectives on this team. And that's what I'm hoping to bring to you, the listener throughout this week and a half that the Florida Panthers still have to off before they do eventually play again uh, on February 16th against the Carolina Hurricanes. So I hope you guys enjoy this and make sure to check out part two of this roundtable discussion tomorrow on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts. So in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're finished listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets, your one-stop shop for all things betting. Locked On Bets, hosted by a boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get podcasts. Sarbamon de Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>